0: Welcome to the Global Franchise Podcast, your companion to understanding the franchise landscape of a constantly changing world through the lens of intimate conversations with some of the industry's biggest names. I'm Kira McLoone, Deputy Editor for Global Franchise Magazine. This episode of the Global Franchise Podcast is brought to you by franchisereorg.com, powered by Sumer Franchise Consulting and Alexius Solutions, providing consulting and reorganization services to franchisors. One industry that has been vital to supporting and safeguarding individuals throughout the peak of the coronavirus pandemic is healthcare. Both at-home and residential care franchises have been in high demand these past few months, and Best Life Brands is one of the leading names in this multi-operational space. JJ Sorrenti was appointed CEO of Best Life Brands back in March, and has since been instrumental in growing the parent company's four care-focused franchise brands. In fact, the organisation managed to achieve record-breaking figures in April, despite the precarious economic condition caused by a global pandemic. On this episode, we speak with JJ about the shift towards in-home healthcare, his journey through the height of COVID-19, and where the future lies for this inspirationally benevolent industry. Hiya, JJ. How are you doing today? Hello, Kieran. It's a privilege to be with you. It's
1: uh, it's wonderful to be here. I'm doing well. And yourself?
0: Great to hear. I'm doing really well as uh, as well. Thank you. And um, no, thank you very much for your time. It's really great to have you on the podcast. Um, I suppose, as I mentioned at top uh, in the introduction there, you you initially joined Best Life Brands in um, March of this year, which was quite a, a strange time, I imagine, right around the start of um, a global pandemic. Um, So to kick off then, I wonder if we'd be able to talk a little about what your initial transition into the healthcare industry was like, um, but also how you've kind of found the role of CEO of Best Life um, since then.
1: Yeah, so it was a very strange time, Uh, you know, a strange time for all of us. And we're all experiencing once in a lifetime situations. And and then, of course, changing jobs and trying to learn an industry in the midst of all that was extremely unique, Uh, you know, here for a week or two. And all of a the sudden, there's folks on the senior leadership team talking about changing the company from, you know, one dimension, maybe to shifting to another. And I'm trying to just learn the fundamentals of the business and understanding what we can do as a core business, let alone how we can shift or pivot. Um, but it's been a wonderful experience uh, learning the business. Um, unfortunately, in some situations, in times of stress and in a little bit of tension, but our franchisees have been wonderful through this transition and in three different brands and all of them have been impacted differently. Um, but, but it has been a good experience to learn the business and the crisis. It does sort of help you put your head down and focus a little bit extra given what was going on.
0: And um, for some of our listeners who may not be aware of um, the the franchise brands under the Best Life Brands umbrella, would you be able to kind of break down what it is the organization offers? Sure, of course. So we, we you mentioned we
1: have four brands. Two of them are very closely related, um, and, and that starts with senior care and in-home care, where we provide caregiving uh, opportunities to clients in their homes. Uh, and that's through a brand called Comfort Care and At Your Side, which is done in the U.S. and Canada at this time. Uh, and so we, we literally have 13,000 caregivers that are in people's homes uh, providing assistance. Um, it could be as simple as helping people take medications. It could also be helping people with mobility through their homes. So it's a it's a fantastic, you know, as you mentioned, very benevolent um, opportunity. And we've got you know very very brave caregivers going into the face of the storm in many cases um, where we go into the to the homes and take care of our clients. Um, the second brand is called Care Patrol, and you know, Care Patrol is one of the very first uh, franchise businesses that actually help clients find. Uh, homes that are safer living for, for clients in, in homes. So if, if your, uh, parent or, or someone that you're taking care of needs to go into an assisted living or skilled nursing facility, we can help identify through a very, very specific interview process, uh, help identify the best place given the financial situation and the medical situation, the best place for that, for that client. Uh, and so that 's a wonderful business that one's been a little more impacted i'm sure we'll talk more about that given what 's going on and then the third business the third business is a little bit more on the senior care services side um, where we actually hold uh, so the business is called Blue Moon Estate Sales, and we actually hold estate sales for for our customers uh, again, seniors that are in transition, either going from a larger home to a smaller home or potentially from a smaller home or from their home into an assisted living facility. You know, we help them then in essence, uh, get rid of some of many of their assets that they've accumulated through their life um, in their homes. It's a fantastic business opportunity. It's pretty unique. Um, There's really no US-based national competitor of ours. So we're sort of trailblazing a little bit and a bit of a pioneer when it comes to that business. But that sort of fits, you know, Best Life Brands is looking at a continuum of senior care um, and so to taking care of people in their homes, helping people find assisted living homes, uh, assisting in the services to get people to those points is sort of how the continuum works today. And we'll continue to add to that.
0: Right. So it's a very kind of almost uh, 360 offering, really, from you know, the start of somebody looking to go to home care to, you know, almost the very end of that cycle with um, with Blue Moon Estates. Um, Best Life Brands is quite a, a new organization, isn't it? I mean, it was only founded in 2017. Um, and I was just curious uh, whether, you know, being almost uh, quite new on the scene, whether there were still some big developments to come, I imagine that would have been partially impacted by um, this year's events. But You know, are there any kind of expanding markets that the organization is looking into, perhaps even new um, franchise brands to bring under its umbrella, things like that? Absolutely. Um, So
1: the private equity firm, the Riverside Company, um, helped found Best Life Brands and and made the acquisition of the three brands that are in in our current portfolio. And and they've had experience doing that in franchising in other industries where they uh, accumulate brands along a specific continuum. They've done it in business services, they've done it in home services, and now doing it in this senior care continuum. And frankly, that was one of the exciting opportunities that I looked at. I love being a part of a business that solves problems, especially for families and and seniors in need. Um, But I was also excited about the opportunity to continue across that continuum. So your point, you talked about that. We have gaps there today, you know, to catch people as they're sort of downsizing their homes uh, and then putting people in. There's all kinds of services that can happen in between some of the places that we operate today. And we'll continue to fill those gaps. I think through multiple acquisitions over the next several years, we'll have more brands inside our portfolio.
0: Right. Looking, I suppose, at the the here and now as opposed to looking ahead. Um, as I mentioned up top, uh, since you've joined Best Life Brands in April of this year, um, the organization saw really record-breaking growth. I think it was something like two hundred percent compared to um, the same period last year, uh, which is really crazy. Obviously, considering the economic instability that's come along with this year, and I was wondering um, what your take was on you know what's contributed towards this exponential growth for the organization. I it, Thank
1: you. Um, we're very proud of that, but it's a partnership with a lot of different folks associated with it. Um, first, it's sort of threefold. Um, first, you have uh, people that are interested, you know, they're either being downsized away from their current roles and and being impacted by COVID-19 in their careers, and so they're looking for the what's next. And in a lot of cases, people like to get into business for themselves, uh, and then they decide after they want to be in business for themselves, they might want to be in franchising. And after they decide they want to be in franchising, they help identify our industry as an opportunity. So that that's kind of the first fold. The second fold is we're in a great place to help others uh, and to help people and solve problems that in the home, you know, I, I worked in franchising in another industry and, in, in in helping kids uh, become, you know, get get better educations at Huntington learning centers. And I, I always thought that was one of the best things I did in my career was being, you know, when a child is struggling in school, um, the whole entire family's broken. You have to try and solve that for them. And to be able to solve that while I was in Huntington was probably the most gratifying thing that I was able to achieve in my career. And I see very similar opportunities here, you know, as a, as a potential caregiver for my parents someday in the future, that's going to be hard. And I, I'm sure I'm going to need help and solutions. And to be able to bring those solutions to people is sort of the second thing. So if people are looking for a career and then they kind of find this one as, you know, very mission oriented, but also an opportunity to potentially further their career and make some money. And then, and then the third thing is it's uh, where our investment, the the costs associated with getting into our franchises, we have a little bit of an advantage because it doesn't cost a million dollars to get into a, a comfort care franchise or a care patrol or blue moon estate sales. You know, it's a it's a small investment, a smaller investment compared to franchising. And so I think those three factors um, helped people realize that these are these are really good opportunities back in April. And we've continued that, that, that significant growth over the last several months. Uh, and then people are, um, you know, you might think that people might get a little conservative in this situation at this time. Um, maybe I'll wait and see what happens. Maybe there's a second wave or a third wave and I'll watch that. But there are also uh, people that are being very aggressive about the fact that, you know, if I sign today and I get through the training and I understand the business a little bit better, when the recovery starts to happen, and I think in many places it is starting to happen, I'll be ready. And so we do have franchisees in the Blue Moon business, as an example, that signed up in April and they're already having sales here in September. You know, they've been through training. And so they invested their time through this crisis to learn more about a new business. And now they're ready to go as the recovery happens. And so we've been fortunate that we've got people partnering with us to do that. And, and we're excited to, to continue to support them as they start to build their new business.
0: Right. So it's been a bit of a, a perfect storm situation for you guys at the minute. Um, sort of carrying on from the, a topical perspective, um, a big sort of focus, at least in the States of the last few months, um, when it comes to helping businesses through the coronavirus pandemic and that kind of um, economic struggle has been the, the Paycheck Protection Programme. Um, that was introduced alongside the CARES Act Uh, and I read that the um, at-home care business industry as a whole received um, quite a considerable amount. I think it was $666.36 million in loans um, with I think it was over 7,400 individual loans given to businesses within the at-home care industry Uh, and I was curious as to whether Um, Best Life Brands franchisees have been able to make use of these loans. And alongside that, um, what other ways you as a franchisor have been able to support your network throughout this period? So yes, um, many, many, many of our, thankfully, many, many, many of our franchisees were able to take
1: advantage of those programs. And I think that's helped sort of calm them a bit through this storm. Now, the comfort care business wasn't severely impacted. We had a few franchisees that that were impacted uh, where they had patients and clients with with covid nineteen and so it got a little bit conservative um, but there were other places in the business to comfort care where where we actually had more business than we had prior to covid nineteen so um so I think the 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 PPP or the cares Act did help many of our franchisees and and what that did I mentioned earlier you know we have a lot of very brave caregivers uh, risking themselves to help take care of patients and clients for us and and so it allowed our franchisees to um, create some bonus plans, some retention plans to allow these caregivers to understand, yes, I'm taking a risk, I don't mind that risk, um, but to be compensated for that risk, you know, PPP helped uh, some of our franchisees um, with caregivers uh, to help in that program. So that was very helpful for us. Um, and so it, that happened as well in, in the other two brands, but not as much because Care Patrol and Blue Moon don't have as many employees in each of those franchises. And as you know, um, the PPP Act was very focused on payroll and, and employee retention. Mm. Um, but but again, se- in several different places, it helped us a lot. And um, we're very fortunate now, of course, everyone's wondering and and trying to figure out what's going to happen with forgiveness and how does that get structured. And so we're all watching. You asked the question, uh, second part about how are we helping our franchisees? Of course, we're monitoring that for them to make sure that they can get the forgiveness that, that's associated with that program at the proper time. Um, and then the other thing that we did, you know, I was new um, as this all started to happen, and there was a dire need for, um, you know, PPE and, and, you know, equipment to help protect our caregivers. And it was really hard to source throughout the world. And so we all became procurement officers looking for those materials to make sure our franchisees had what they needed to take care of their clients and so all of us literally all of us and including me were all looking for hand sanitizer and shields and masks and gowns um and thankfully we were able to navigate that part of it as well so lots of things going on lots of new things happening um and and but but we've we've been able to get you know, our franchisees through all this in a very difficult time.
0: Yeah, no, that's really good to hear. Um, quite a unfortunate, I suppose, uh, aspect of the care industry that was uh, kind of exposed slightly as a result of um the pandemic has been the i guess shifting perspective of residential care homes and at least here in the uk um there was recently a uh, report by the queen's nursing institute that found that um 43 of care homes received patients from hospitals whose COVID 19 status was unknown during the height of the pandemic which obviously could potentially lead to a further spread of the virus to these really vulnerable people um do you believe that kind of as stories like this come out um after the the height of coronavirus, um, that seniors and their families will have to uh, will be forced almost or at least be more um, inclined to reevaluate the care options um, that they choose in the coming months and years, you know, away from care homes and towards more in-home care. Um, and is this something you've kind of uh, anecdotally, I suppose, Um, seen impact brands like Care Patrol within your own portfolio? Has there been a shift in perspectives or a shift in attitudes towards this kind of organization?
1: Yeah, no question, Kieran. I think COVID has, you know, all of us reevaluating many things. Uh, And of course, in the example that you gave to varying degrees of comfort with risk versus need Mm. Um, in in cases where seniors aren't comfortable moving into a community home just yet. We've seen where our care patrol folks who were consulting with those people, you know, for senior placement advisors, refer families over to our in-home care franchise, the comfort care business, to provide that in-home care giving for a while longer while they try to get more comfortable with that risk. In cases where a senior must move because that might be their safest option, families are evaluating COVID protection protocols among the facilities which is something our care patrol advisors know a lot about because they're actually in the field, have been in those homes, understand each senior community and how they're dealing with that. And they can advise um, their clients on that to help them make the safest choice possible. So I think there's a lot of that going on. And, and I think when the 2017, when, when the private equity firm formed Best Life Brands, they sort of saw a utopia opportunity for the brands to trade back and forth and help seniors as they go across. And, And this, this situation helped us sort of accelerate that and help the care patrol folks, you know, work with the comfort care folks in their local markets to help solve some of those problems for those seniors making those evaluations.
0: Yeah, I suppose that really highlights why it's sometimes useful for a brand to join an organization such as Best Life Brands because you can have that interconnectivity that helps navigate these really um, strange times. Um, the last thing I want to speak to you about JJ is um, I suppose kind of summarizing everything we've covered um, there was a, a statistic that was released by the AARP um, that 90% of seniors in the US at least want to remain in their homes as they age and receive this in-home care. Um, and I was curious as to how you think Best Life brands can keep up with these really high figures of in-home care demand while also remaining sustainable and delivering the, the really high quality care that the organizations become renowned, renowned for. It's a great question and it's something again having been you know in the industry for 6 months I'm not quite sure I'm the
1: expert on something like this quite yet but I will tell you what we're what we're talking about at the leadership team level and with the private equity firm is you know there's still tons and tons and of senior living centers popping up all over the world to meet the surge I mean the silver tsunami is still happening and so the demand for caregivers for both senior care facilities and in-home care is running parallel to that but I, so I predict that we're about to see a wave of ingenuity and innovation when it comes to senior living solutions. And we've seen, as, at, a, at a consumer level, we've seen the tiny home movement. You know, millennials love to be the early adopters. You've seen TV shows about these people living in tiny homes. Now that model is starting to be revealed for seniors as well, where they have a bedroom, a living room, and a bathroom in their own quote unquote home, but join others down a path for meals and engagement. So that's Sort of a shift in those homes um, as you think about, well, they want to remain in their home, but really it's you can move them into this situation that's very similar to what they have, um, just in a smaller footprint potentially. And in that case, caregivers can split their time, you know, a lot more easily while allowing seniors the opportunity to engage with others in, to get independent, continued independence, but also be safe. Um, of course. You know, you've seen it in your career, uh, in your wonderful career, challenging times lead to new solutions. And it'll be fun to watch the space and even take part in it, um, as we continue down the path and understand it. And of course, nobody wants to benefit from anything that's happening that's so, so sad to watch and impacting so many, so many families across the world. Um, but we also want to make sure that we're there when we're needed to help those clients that are, that are in, in, in good need for, making big decisions in their lives
0: yeah no it's really great to hear some some realistic optimism um in what is a, a strange time and you know it's easy to be pessimistic but there are silver linings if approached correctly um well thank you very much for your time today jj it's been really great speaking with you both about best life brands and the the healthcare. um just in home care industry as a whole. It's Kieran, it's truly my privilege. Um,
1: we'd love to come back and give you an update as we get past all this and start the recovery and, and see where, where it's taken us in the industry. But it's, it's a real privilege. I'm a big fan of the podcast and I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to be here today. Thank you so much.
0: For sure, yeah. Thanks very much for your time. It's been interesting to see the rapid ascent of Best Life brands within a relatively short period of time. So to be able to get the inside scoop from JJ was really great. Um, The parent company's 360 degree offering for seniors needs means that it's in a perfect position now to facilitate ongoing growth within this sector. That being said, it's important to acknowledge that there have been some necessary changes in healthcare that have been highlighted by the coronavirus pandemic. But to hear how Best Life Brands' several franchise concepts have been able to share resources to tackle these was really enlightening. The organization's rise in demand this past year also aligns with what we've seen across the board in the franchise industry, with entrepreneurs finding themselves redundant or laid off and suddenly having the resources and time to invest in a flourishing business concept. We'd be interested to hear your thoughts on this. Has your brand experienced a surge in franchise inquiries this year? And how have you handled sustainable growth? Make sure to let us know.
1: If you like the podcast, subscribe and recommend it to your friends and colleagues. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your pods. To keep up to date with franchise news and have it put into context by the Global Franchise experts, subscribe to the magazine,
0: hit us up at globalfranchisemagazine.com and follow us on Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn today.